Hello, you guys. This is Coach Joel. Joined with me is Coach Emily. And this is the Proclivity Podcast. Now, if you're joining us for the first time and you're like, wait, what is Proclivity? Well, we're here and we do one thing and one thing very well. We create healthier bodies and happier lives by harnessing the benefits of metabolic flexibility and the power of our words so that you can start living the life you want in the body that you love. Coach Emily, I was I was talking to my mom the other day, and you know what she said to me? What'd she say? She said, you need to make sure to introduce Emily better. <laughs> Sweet woman. <laughs> Sweet woman. And little does she know how smitten I am, right? This is the <laughs> word, you guys, that I've used with Emily for a very long time. I've known Emily for a long time. We've worked together and now we're partners together, and the word is still smitten. And for you guys who don't know Coach Emily, she has an extensive background in nutrition. As a nutrition therapist, practitioner, NTP. Yep, you got it. That is a year-long extensive program that takes a lot of time and a lot of investment and not only does she have her NTP, but she personally, and this is where the fire comes, personally went through her own issues when it came to gut health and healing her body when the doctors kind of went, I don't know, here, get on this pill. And Emily said, mm, psych, I'm going to go heal my own gut. And that's what she did. And when you have personal experiences like that, that changes the game. Correct? Correct. What do you think? Would my mom be proud? Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it, Joel. <laughs> She's the hammer, you guys. If you want to be the nail, your life will move. <sighs> Emily, how was your breakfast this morning? Did you have breakfast? I actually have not. <laughs> what? Intermittent fasting? Oh, my gosh. Okay, then let's talk about your dinner. How was your dinner? <laughs> my dinner. My dinner was great. What did you have? <laughs> What did I have yesterday? I had ground beef, avocado, had some onion and garlic in there, um, a little bit of arugula, and some plantain chips. Oh my gosh, plantain chips. So good. <laughs> have you ever made your own plantain chips? Oh, yes. It's not worth the, the juice is not worth the squeeze on that one. <laughs> No. Okay. You so, get like a handful of chips out of a whole uh, baking sheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when they're that good and you do them right, it's just like it's gone. And you're just like, wow, that yep. was a long time to get very little, you know, uh, gain yep. out of it. Yeah. Tostones are much better. I do those a lot. What? I, I'm sorry. What did you say? Tostones. They're like little, it's almost like smashed potatoes, but with plantains. You just cut them in thicker portions, fry them, smush them down, fry them again in coconut oil. They're like French fries to me. It's great. What's the plantain chips brand that you get? Barnana, because I, it's the only one I could find that uses coconut oil. Just a good oil in general. Mm, you guys, if you listen to our podcast long enough, you're going to know that we're serious about the oils here. 
because then we're yes. talking we talk about omega-6 and omega-3 balance inflammation which brings us to the point of fasting my current state emily let's talk about it guys how you doing joel thank you thank you someone asked <laughs> I'm, I'm 62 hours into my, my three-day fast. The longest fast that I've done before that is 36 hours. So I'm, at this point, close to doubling um, my, my, uh, my fast from before. And I would say that today is the day that I feel, body-wise, the weakest. And that's interesting because a, a lot of... Uh, you know, data and studies that I've, I've listened to, they say, hey, third day is where you start ramping up your energy. Um, and there's a few things that I have experienced. One of the most specific ones is sleep, some disruption in my sleep. And last night, or I would say this morning, four o'clock, boom, eyes wide open full adrenaline cortisol hit pink i was just like let's get the day started <laughs> and i try as i might try as i might i was like this isn't happening you know i tried to like okay i'm gonna go through some breathing techniques <sighs> right count down from a thousand right or ten thousand right we've done that trick before <laughs> and i was just like no mm -mm. i wasn't doing so you know what i did got it when I started doing research on intermittent fasting. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on day three when you cannot sleep? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And that, it, you know, it's interesting because Ben is going through it as as well. And he's he's fine. But he's had different experiences as well. So he's had a lot of uh, liquid stool actually all three days. And there's some purging that that body is doing because mm -hmm. beforehand where he started, his birthday was on Monday. So they celebrate on Sunday. What did he have right on Sunday? Uh-oh. Lasagna, cake, cookies, right? All this sugar and flaming type of food. Right. So he had m massive glycogen stores where I have my normal meal low in, in carbohydrates so my switch over for my glycogen stores was much sooner than his. So his experience of where my energy was and his energy was, was definitely different. And what's happening to his bowel movement, I haven't had a bowel movement in two days. You know, it, I don't right. have food in there, right? A very regular bowel movement because of my circadian rhythm and so on and so forth. And I haven't had a bowel movement and yet, you know, it's never too much information, you guys. <laughs> While I was talking to him on the phone, he was on the toilet and <laughs> explaining to me what's happening going on with his, his bowel movements. Okay, that's, that's a good relationship. That's true brotherhood right there. When you can when you can talk about it and hear it. Okay. Um so right now, uh my hunger cue perfectly because right now usually this is when i'm, I'm not eating nine o'clock or excuse me eight o'clock i was feeling the hunger cues and 
last night, six o'clock, seven o'clock, feeling those hunger hunger cues. Now they've gotten less and less because the ghrelin, is that how I say it? Mm -hmm. The ghrelin is lowering in terms of that that hormone telling me to eat. So I'm not having so so much of a, I have to eat. Um, but the circadian rhythm, because I focus so, so much, as we know how important that is of when's my wake cycle, sleep cycle, when's my eating cycle. And this really, for me, highlighted how good my circadian rhythm is of when those times came up and I felt myself being hungry. Yeah. And your, and your habits and your rituals in general, in general. Totally completely so the 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 circadian rhythm of of being in that and recognize those different hunger cues but right now i feel great it's my time that i i usually feel great but waking up a little bit early i did a three mile weighted uh, hike um, which was about an hour long and i felt myself i felt myself a little fatigued um not massively though like I would still say my fatigue that I'm feeling right now is nine out of 10 people would take the energy levels that I have right now. I've just came yeah. down from my 100% right. to my 90%, which is still 30% higher than majority of people are walking around. Right. So that's where I'm at right now. Do you have any questions for me on, on my current state? Are you curious about anything that, I, that I'm going through? <laughs> well, I was going to ask how, how, if you knew how much uh, salt did you take in yesterday? Did you measure or were you just a couple elements, a couple sprinkles of salt? That's a great What was that like? I'm so glad you brought that up. So the first day, I was just doing my normal. Actually, no, I, I did two element packets, right? So Monday, two element packets. And this is interesting, guys. Well, Emily's going to talk a little bit more about this. So I did two element packets, and then I had trouble going to sleep and elevated heart rate, like thumping in my chest. My heart, I was able to fall asleep, but then I woke up, same heart. So I I don't know what time. I, I never look at the time when I wake up. I'm assuming you know, uh, early morning, maybe two o'clock or something. Um, I go out into my kitchen and I drink another packet of uh, element. And if you guys don't know element, element has a, a thousand milligrams of, of salt in it. Um, daily salt intake is supposed to be at what? 2000 ish. That's right. Re- that's RDA. It's like 2,400, 2,400. Okay. Yeah, it's, 20, not, it's not my recommendation. That's right. If you guys want to get into salt <laughs> and sodium, right, we're here to be able to dive deep into it. Um, but so then, but when I took it, then I was able to fall back asleep. Everything's good. So Tuesday, I end up going three packets, right? That was yesterday. Three packets. Still woke up later, though. This time I looked at the, the clock. When I got up, it was four. And I went and took another what half a packet. But I was noticing similar, same type of feelings, a little bit less, and delayed. So 
you know, I, I'm breaking the fast today, so I'm, I'm still sticking to three, three packets because I'll be eating later on today. But I, I, doing my own research, there from Rob Wolf actually was saying like, hey, when you're fasting, you need to be up more towards like the five, 6,000 milligram range of salt. Yep. And even more if you're sweating. And even more if I'm going on a, you know, a hike or I'm, I'm going through some, you know, a long run or so on and so forth. Um, and so that is something that I'm taking into the next time that I go into a three or five day fast is like, hey, really lock these, these things down for the comfortability of it. Because there's also other research out there that says, hey, within your cells, you have what you need, the minerals, right. the sodium, the so on and so forth. But it may make the fast more uncomfortable. Right. And if you want to keep up your exercise, that's another part of it too. So um, with that said, wh one, why was I having those uh, reactions? And two, what would be your suggestion the next time I go into my fast? Yep. So when you are fasting, your insulin is not up as high when your insulin decreases again when you fast between meals or when you're on this three-day fast like joel your body excretes more liquids your kidneys de are depleted are getting more depleted of sodium especially so your needs for sodium or electrolytes in general specifically sodium are increased so having more will help hydrate you better you know usually the symptoms with dehydration are similar to low blood sugar so they can get confusing people they they're not sure which one it is but usually when you're fasting it's because of the dehydration a little bit more so the lightheadedness muscle cramps maybe a headache um, and sleep disruption and so in order to feel you know like you said be more comfortable with those things intaking more sodium and more electrolytes in general is going to help you out a lot and so what i'd recommend for you next time is to shoot for at least that five gram or five milligram or five thousand milligram mark um, a day minimum and then if you're working out shoot for up to 10,000 grams milligrams sorry boom so <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better <laughs> due to the fact because you know how important sleep is for me yes right everyone <laughs> the elixir of life guys our our title sponsor is eight sleep if you guys don't know eight sleep i'm gonna throw it in there right? I'm, I'm going to do a plug real quick. Go to 8sleep.com, head on over there, check out the technology they have when it comes to getting the deepest and most restorative sleep. Guys, if you're not sleeping, it's the number one thing. What I found out, Emily, over the last two years of, of coaching is that now I start with sleep. You want to manage somebody's day, start with sleep. I was just talking to uh, my brother Ian and we were talking about getting on to about he was having, you know, just talking about general fitness, health and wellness. And I started asking him, tell me about your sleep. What's your sleep schedule? Right. When you putting down your kid, when are you eating? When it, and it was completely backwards from when he felt the best, which was going to bed at nine, getting up at five. 
now what he was doing was trying to work out after he put his kid down, then try to eat late. Now he's eating at 8.30. Now he's not going to bed until 10, 10, 15, 10.30. His sleep is disrupted because he's put food on his stomach late at night. Then he's trying to get up early, and, and he wants to work out, but he's too t- fatigued and tired. So then he feels rushed throughout the day, and the cycle just goes on from there. Mm-hmm. And so I know we're taking a, a, a side jaunt there, but I have found that, that is the best way to then manage somebody's schedule. It's yep. no, because if I manage when you're going to sleep, then I can manage when you're eating. When I manage when you're eating, then I can work backwards and be able to look at the rest of your day where then we can manage your dinners, your lunch, and your breakfast and find out what you need to be doing to protect your time and to be able to create yourself or put yourself into more of a parasympathetic state. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. And not only from the reasons you listed, but also because most people struggle with either over or under eating. And when you get your sleep down, your cravings are lower, your digestion is better. And then you're also going to uh, be more in your in touch with your circadian rhythm, which helps with those natural hunger cues. So yeah, all the things. And, and hormonal balance. Yep. Right? And, and that's something that we're going to be talking about here as well with fasting guys now before we dive into like doing the hey what is fasting and so on and so forth i do want to touch on something that that has been recent very recent going through this 72 hour fast and putting it out there publicly i have gotten a ton of resistance people are like they're texting me i'm not texting them or calling me i'm not calling them and they're starting off with, yeah, 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 there's no way I can do that. It's not for me. You're crazy. There's, I would die. I would die if I did a fast, right? Why do you think there are so many people that are so resistant to fasting? Yeah. And I'm not telling them to do a 72-hour fast. <laughs> I'm like can you fast for 12 hours? Like maybe do 14, (laughs) like, and we'll talk about the different stages of fasting here in just a little bit. But why is it that people are so resistant to fasting? Yeah, it's not surprising. So our culture, number one, our culture, as far as our daily structure, what we're eating and the fact that no one does it (laughs) as far as fasting goes. So we're wired to eat constantly, especially with the hyperpalatable foods, the processed foods that we're eating, especially in America. Uh, it makes us basically addicted like you are to drugs. So you're addicted to sugar. You're addicted to those hyperpalatable foods constantly. Not only that is we are on a schedule of like, oh, it's breakfast time. I have to eat breakfast. Oh, it's lunchtime. I have to eat lunch. Or, you know, I was told every two hours I'm supposed to eat. So I have to have a snack in between every time. And so it's our culture. It's our... It's our routine and structure that we've been doing our entire lives. Um, and yeah, it's just not part of our, our rituals. It's not common. It, it's, it's not common. It's, and here's what's wild to me. Okay. You, we didn't start getting into agricultural, right? Farming until the last, what, couple hundred, hundreds of years, thousand, was a thousand? 10 or 12,000 years, I think 12,000 years ago. Okay. And we are told that the human species 
has been evolving, growing for millions. And then the industrialized mills, grains, that's been the last hundreds of years. Right. Okay. So guys, listen, for millions of years, you went out with you went without hyper palatable foods, grains. For millions of years, people ate once a day. Most of the time. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe they went two days or three days without eating. Millions of years. And yet you guys you're coming at me and going, oh, no. My genetics, it, I just, that's not how my body works. I'm pretty sure that your genetics didn't change in the last even thousand of years. You take a million years, right? Long span, take a thousand, and then take a hundred of that. It, I mean, we're talking inches. We're talking inch. If we put it on a football field, we're talking inches to the goal line. If you walk from one goal line to the other, your hundred of years of the industrial would be inches. And then the thousands would be maybe three yards or two yards. And then you have the entire other football field in which your genetics have predisposed you to the ability to be metabolically flexible and to be able to have whole grains or excuse me, whole foods. <laughs> Emily's like, no, that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Stop yourself right now whole foods that your body is able to process. So again, Emily, I'm just coming back to this is, we've been taught this, you know, everybody wants that the food industry is there to make money. Right. And so they're going to push those products and they're going to push you to eat five times a day because imagine this, Emily, imagine if we don't, all of us, all of us started eating one time a day. What would that do? What would that do to the, the food industry? Yeah, I stopped making money. <sighs> what, what would happen if people started eating one time a day and when they ate, they ate a very whole food diet? Would the, what would happen to the hospitals and the pharmaceuticals? <laughs> stop making money <gasps> what you guys if you have eyeballs it's time to open them up <laughs> okay I'm, I might be making Emily a little uncomfortable because I'm getting in some controversial stuff but listen if we started eating whole foods and we started eating less food particularly hyper palatable foods man would the hospitals and the um, pharmaceuticals be upset because guess what? Mm -hmm. All those metabolic diseases in, in which you can reverse, 80% of chronic disease is reversible. 80%. Shout out to Jill Concepts. She threw that out to me the other day and I was like, mm, I'm taking that. 80% of them are reversible, guys. And so it's something to be able to have our eyeballs on and why people are resistant to fasting is because what you are being fed, how often you should be eating, what you should be eating. You got to have so many carbohydrates for your workout to work. Guys, you have so much glucose and so much glycogen, right? There's very few people that need a ton of preloaded 
carbohydrates. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I would agree. I think where a lot of people get this information of, you know, like for fasting, women shouldn't do it or, you know, there's, there's a lot of that out there or yeah, it's too, too much for me, especially if I'm working out, which yes, it can be for some, but usually it's because of our lifestyle these days as well. Our culture is go, go, go work, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, that kind of thing. So it's when you stack all those things up, that's when it can become a problem for sure. Um, but overall, if you have a baseline minimal stress, then most people are good to go. And is highly beneficial. Yep. Right? So yeah. it, it, to Emily's point, if you're sleeping six hours a day, right, and it's crappy sleep, and you're stressed out throughout the day, and you're not drinking water, and you're not getting enough vitamin D, natural sunlight, if, if you don't have these base things down, guys, that's free. That's free. I, I would say majority, if not all of the people that are listening right now are vitamin D deficient. Would you say that's, I mean, I know that it's a bold statement, but majority of people are vitamin D deficient, yes? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but I know it's the majority. See, there you go. There Emily goes again. She's, she's, just, she's so good. She keeps me in check because <laughs> I'm just going to fly off the handle and just tell you guys, <laughs> you need to go on your, if you follow me on Instagram, I do my 15-minute sun walks. Yes, guys, I do it in the middle of the day, and guess what? I don't wear sunscreen. <gasps> but I make sure that I'm only in the sun for 15 minutes or less, and guess what? I get my vitamin D, and I don't get sunburned. It's crazy. Who told you to put on sunscreen? We're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into it. That's another time, another place, okay? Not that sunscreen's bad, guys. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying who told you to put it on. Okay. We're, we're on fire right now. You are. <laughs> I like it. And that's at 62 hours, fools. Come on. <laughs> Emily. Yes. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Tell our listeners, if they don't know what fasting is, what is is fasting and what are the health benefits fasting has it's it's broad so simply put it's to go without usually meaning calories so fasting can be you know for a couple minutes a couple hours for a couple days like joel typically i would say fasting when when we're you know in terms of what we're talking about i would say it's at least 12 hours because that's the point where your body tends to start using up most of its glycogen stores, your sugar stores. So usually it's to go without, um, does not mean water. You can have water. You can, some people can have coffee, sometimes tea, you know, the electrolytes, but usually it's calories. The benefits, there's a laundry list of them. So, so many benefits. I would say the most important thing to keep in mind is it decreases inflammation and it helps with our aging process. The two main ones, but it helps with helps with everything in uh, regards to metabolic stuff, issues, blood pressure, diabetes, um, so many things. I, in, I don't know what it doesn't help with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, any level of diabetes, prediabetes, insulin resistance, diabetes. I mean, not type 1, but type 2. Hmm. So a lot of the chronic diseases that people are facing today, fasting would help, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. even cancer. So it fights out. Pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can say everything, but 
pretty much. Okay. And guys, listen, if you've listened to this podcast, you know <laughs> that Emily is very, very key on what she says. And if she's saying that it helps with a laundry list of things, all right, all the people out there that are resistant, start listening. Start listening. One of the things that she said, which is really important, anti-aging. Now, that's thrown around a lot from a lot of foo-foo doctors to doctors that are trying to sell you this anti-aging cream, this anti-aging pill. Take this anti-aging drink. When we're talking about anti-aging and fasting, what do you mean by that? What could, what could people benefit? What's the anti-aging uh, components that are going to happen when you fast? Yeah, so no matter what, as we age, we will eventually deteriorate or get one of these metabolic issues. It's just what happens when we age. But fasting can prevent that from happening at an earlier age. And so what fasting does is it helps with autophagy, meaning cellular recycling. So it helps with that process. It helps regenerate new cells, new neurons in our brains and new cells in our bodies. And so that helps provide resili more resilient, better working, better uh, functioning cells for our body. And cells are the building blocks for everything. So it takes out the old and it brings in the new. Yep. We're just, we're just birthing. We're birthing. <laughs> I'm using that. Birthing <laughs> new cells. What does birthing get, relate to? New life. Oh, you want a young life, a new life, regenerative process. This is going to help you. Not only it's going to make your skin glow right? It's gonna make your hair nicer, right? It's gonna help with your brain function. Oh, everybody out there who's resisting me when it comes to their fitness. Oh, no, it's gonna take away my gains. Wrong. It's going to help your gains. Now there obviously is a level here, dependent on athlete, dependent on what you're doing. But again, I can't stress this enough, guys. It's a small amount. It's a very small amount of people out there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that fasting can have an effect on your performance. I'm saying for most people, it's not going to have a massive effect on your performance. Right? Right. Yeah. So if you're a professional athlete, say CrossFit athlete, who's training for four hours a day, yeah, that, that might be an issue, but you're talking about fasting intermittently in doing it every once in a while. You're not doing it every single day as far as, or every week the way you're doing it right now. Right. So there's definitely levels to that and how that affects that. So people are like, oh, I can't fast because it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna lose all my muscle. That's that's really common, what we hear. <laughs> it might, if you do three hour, fat, or sorry, three hour, fat, three day fasts every single week, of course. Yeah, yeah. But if you do that every once in a while, or if you even just practice 12 hour fast a couple days a week, it's going to help in, in that, that process is because it helps your, your growth hormone. So when you go into that fasted state, your growth hormone will increase, which is what helps preserve and build lean muscle mass. And where is, and maybe this, maybe, maybe you know this, I already know it. So I'm going to say it regardless, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you, where do it, where's most of, mo, at what time, excuse me, what time is most of our growth hormone grower yeah. <laughs> i know you're saying growth hormone <laughs> growth hormone produced at what time 
Yeah. Actually, don't know this off the top of my head. Yes. Oh, you guys, I'm capturing. I'm capturing Emily I'm, in a moment. I'm going to say the afternoon or evening, but I could be wrong. Nighttime when we're sleeping. Yeah. It's our highest amount of oh. growth mm -hmm. growth growth <laughs> hormone. You guys, I'm here. Okay, give me a little break. 62 hours. Okay, not eating. Um, but our growth <laughs> hormone. That's what I'm saying. Human growth hormone, HGH. Growth hormone right, is right. produced at night when you're sleeping. So this is, again, comes back to our point earlier. Hey, you want your gains? Sleep. You can, mm -hmm. you can lift weights all you want. But if you're not sleeping and you're not getting HGH, your muscles aren't going to change. Maybe a little bit, snippets. But majority of your human growth hormone is produced at night. And when you're in a fasted state, it just 10Xs it. Mm -hmm. Literally 10 to 20X the amount of human growth hormone when you're in a fasted state. Wow. If I got if I if if you're an athlete and you made it this far without being like, no, I refuse, and there's no way that I will ever do a fast, you might be leaning in now of going like, wait a second. You know, my muscles can get better when I sleep. And in intermittent fasted state, yes, that's what we're saying. And mm. again, I think people, they, they're resistant because when they think of fasting, they think of 24, 72 hour fast, which again, that is still helpful. But for an athlete, you don't have to do it that crazy. Still, the intermittent fasting, like we said, the four, 12 to 14 hour fast is still fast, still beneficial. Oh, 100%. And listen, guys, I do these long fasts once a quarter every three months because guess what i'm doing right now that your body is not doing unless you're on 72 hours my body is autophagizing that's it i made that up okay but i am regenerating massive amounts of cells right now because i'm in this prolonged longer stage because there's stages to this and we're about to jump into that there's stages to this and right now i'm regenerating a ton of cells so I'm going to feel superhuman in the next couple of days, making sure that I break my fast correctly, which we're going to get into as well. I'm going to feel freaking superhuman. But to Emily's point, you don't have to do a 72-hour fast every week. You know the people that do 72-hour fasts every week? Those are the people that have serious disease, cancer, and so on and so forth, and they're doing everything they can to regenerate cells. But if you are a normal person every once in a while, doing a cleanup is going to be beneficial for you. Agreed? Agreed. Yes. I always feel good when Emily agrees with me because then I know it's real. It's like the gospel. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the phases of fasting itself because this is really important because it's going to touch to the people that are very resistant. If they understand how the body is working when you have your first meal at hour zero and then moving into as far as 72 hours so we're going to go through three phases we're just going to go to through 72 hours from the moment that we eat to about three hours later remember we've said three hours before bed there's a reason that we said that from hour zero to hour three we are an anabolic phase that's thrown around specifically with bodybuilders, powerlifters. What's happening in that phase? We've just digested food. What's happening with the body? 
Yeah, our body's using the glucose that we just digested. So our insulin is up, it's grabbing onto the glucose and it's either using it for energy or it's storing it, depending on what your needs are, what your energy or your activity levels are. And so for, you know, on average, those three hours, your body's using that up and it's circulating. And, and this is important too, because it's going to matter. Did I just get done with a massive Metcon or a long run? That's going to change whether how much carbohydrates I should have because too much carbohydrate, then we all of a sudden have insulin that comes in. And when our insulin is too high, this is one of the reasons of, of inflammation, right? And chronic disease is always being in a constant high with our insulin. So with that, does it, does it matter the amount of carbohydrates dependent on our activity level and what we're doing? Yeah, for sure. So anytime we eat with any level of glucose or carbohydrates, our insulin is going to rise because it, that's what monitors our levels. So it's not a bad thing, but it's when it's too much and chronically, that's when the inflammation is, you know, not a good thing. So, so obviously when we have a, when we do a workout beforehand and then we eat after some of those carbohydrates, glucose are going to go to the muscles and help repair those and build muscle, which is great. But when you have too much, it gets stored as fat and that's where it stresses our liver out and then starts to cause more inflammation and those increased insulin levels chronically over and over again throughout the day, every single day for weeks, years, that's what causes the issue. Lots of issues, so many things. So many things. So within that zero to three hours, we take in, we take in our, our food, we're getting X amount of glucose. If we balance it right, then we get enough glucose and then store a little bit with uh, glycogen. Now glycogen is the stored um, piece of glucose, right? And that's stored in our, in our muscles and our liver. And so we can top those off, right? Because there's only so much glycogen that we're going to be able to have. And then when that gets topped off, then what happens? Then it's stored as fat, like as tri triglycerides. Then it gets stored as triglycerides. So there you go, guys. Now you're knowing a little bit of the process of what happens first. Is you're going, your body wants to use readily available glucose. When it uses it, then it's going to store it to, to glycogen, which it can access very quickly. And then it's going to store it to fatty acids, which it won't be able to access as quick as glycogen or glucose. Is that all correct? Uh, yeah, it'll get stored to as triglycerides instead of fatty acids. Yeah. Triglycerides. But yes, same, same right. idea. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that's zero to three. Now let's talk about what happens four hours up to 24 hours. And if we need to take a pit stop at 12, we can take a pit stop at 12. That phase turns into the catabolic phase. What is the catabolic phase? What is happening with the body? Are we like cannibalizing our body and is it withering away and we're not going to have any gains? There's no way I'm going to have any energy. What is the catabolic phase? Yeah. So it's going from using up all the, uh, you know, the glucose in your blood and then the glycogen in your liver and it's going to start using fat for fuel. So that's simply put. And it's going to be different depending on who you are. So for Joel, like he mentioned earlier, he's going to get into that phase a lot quicker. For someone like maybe Ben, since he had the, those big meals before, or if you're someone eating a standard American diet, you're used to those 
uh, carbs coming in all the time, it might take a little bit longer um, and be definitely feel more stressful. And so that's, yeah, during that process, that is when your body will start to use fat for fuel. And so say somebody like a CrossFit athlete who has a higher amount of carbohydrate intake, would they be able to go do a CrossFit workout and be, I'm not saying at peak performance, are they going to be just fine? Yeah, they'll be able to do it. I don't, I don't, yeah, depending on who you are again, because there's still variation among CrossFit athletes, um, depending on how well you use fat at that time, then yeah, you could get through it. But yeah, it just depends on what you're doing and who you are. Because really, if, like I said, I was saying we can take a pit stop at 12 because ideally most mm -hmm. of the time 12 hours is, by, is when we've now used up our glycogen stores. But some people flex a little bit beyond 12 hours and some a little bit under. So if we're having our right. last meal at seven or eight o'clock and then we're working out early in the morning, do we actually need to have a ton of carbohydrates before we have our workout? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no. Um, so usually you have stored yeah, glycogen from the night before. That we'd be able to if tap eating, into if, and get through. Yep. Yep, exactly. It, and again, if you're doing a really intense, you know, strength um, or aerobic workout, then you might need more depending again on your goals. But yes, in general, you should have glycogen stores to use up. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to come back to that aerobic or anaerobic. Oh, anaerobic. Okay. Just just Sorry. to make sure that that's clear. <laughs> Thank you. Because in a in aerobic phase, right, we can tap, we can stay in that slow right, right, oxidative right. phase and just chip away. And that's something that I, I proved by running an entire 50K in ketosis when people are like, right. you're insane. There's no <laughs> way your body's going to be able to do that. It, you're the dumbest person alive. <laughs> well, guys, I did it, and I was perfectly fine. What I didn't do well is I didn't balance my electrolytes. Oh, we're coming back to that. Yes, electrolytes are important, guys, really important. It's a great kick, too, in terms of does your body, can your body release all of the, the the minerals that you need and electrolytes that you need, yes, at a slower rate that it's not going to be, it's going to hurt some. Or you can take some element and you can feel fantastic, right? Right. So we're, we're, hour, we're hour four to 24. At, after the 12-hour part, now we're starting to use, go into the, the fat burning stage in essence. Mm -hmm because we're yep. in ketosis. Tell the people, what is ketosis? Yeah, so your body's using fat for fuel. Your, your liver's producing ketones instead of using glucose for fuel. Um, and it's just an alternative way to use for your body to stay fueled, your brain and your body. So most people say, oh, your brain needs, you know, and only needs glucose, but no, it can run off of fat as well in ketones. And so that is, that's your, now your body's source of fuel. Absolutely. So now we're burning fat. There's a lot of people out there who come to us and say, man, I just want to lose some, want to lose some fat. Hmm. Hmm. There's almost to a, a point and we'll share the link. We'll, sh we'll, sh we'll share some different links. Um, when it comes to intermittent fasting and know with any of these links, guys, there's always going to be two sides of the story. So we're not putting all our chips 
ever into one source. Um, but it is good information for giving you information. There's going to be parts of it that, that are going to be like, whoa, home run hits. And then there's other parts that are going to be controversial, controversial. But when it, when it comes to the uh, fat burning stage and intermittent fasting, we could, you could argue that it's more important of how you're eating and when you're eating less than it is about this caloric focus of this like, what are my macros? What are my calories, right? Got to be this caloric deficit, right? That can just drive people insane. And it can cause your hormones to be all imbalanced instead of just being like, hey, why don't you try this? Eat less. Or find a window and eat in those windows. Do you agree? Yep. And stick to quality foods. <laughs> yeah. It's, yep. When you sit not, down, when you sit down, it's the, you, you, the meal that you're having is the most important meal right? When you sit down and you're like, I'm about to have my meal. What is laid out in front of me instead of this constant, like, well, I just got to eat. I just got to eat. I just got to eat. Now we're not in tuned as much with no, the importance of the food that we're having. Is it grass fed? Where did it come from? Is it organic? Those things are so vitally important guys. And when you're trying to eat five times a day, then I can see why you'd be like, oh, man, just be so expensive to eat organic. Instead of going like, okay, well, what if you did an eating window of six hours and you're really focused on the foods that, that you're putting into your body? Would that change things? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I 100% agree, of course. I think the people out there who are like, mm, that, yeah, th that might not work for me. It's again, goes back to our culture and what our habits are and what we're used to eating. And so you have to break that cycle. And of course, there are times where we want to celebrate with the cake or with, you know, something that's, you know, not just whole food. And that's fine every once in a while. We do still want to have that balance because of the, the world we live in. Mm -hmm. But if you are trying to be healthy, if you're, you know, that's one of your goals, your values, then this is something you definitely have to pay attention to. And a lot of people come to us, Emily, and if you're listening right now and you're intrigued in terms of how we approach lifestyle and nutrition and our language. You are most likely looking to lower your body fat, increase your energy. And that's why we talk about metabolic flexibility because really metabolic flexibility is the beginning part of being able to do intermittent fasting without metabolic flexibility. I mean, intermittent fasting is like a, like a punch in the face. And then you create this memory in your mind and the language which we've heard and I've expressed to you when you're saying there's no way my body can do that. Oh, I would totally diminish into a pile, a puddly mess. Well, you're creating the image of what it's going to be, right? With our language, we create yep. what our reality is going to be, whether it's something that's going to be perfect for you or not. If you talk poorly about it, you're going to end up in this puddle of mess, right? Yep. Man. So we've gone from zero to three, four to 24. Then we get from 24 to 72 and beyond. In this stage, this is where we start getting into that autophagy and that cleanup phase 
after 24 hours, now we're really starting to get into that cleanup phase, right? What's yep. what's happening there? I know we've talked a little bit about it, but uh-huh. just just recapping what's going to be happening with your body at, at that phase. Yeah, so at this point, your body's gone through a lot of stores already. And again, depending on the person of how much stores you have, eventually your body's like, okay, I need a little bit more. And so then it starts to look to cells like, oh, we have all these extra cells. So let me break them down and maybe repurpose them. So that's what autophagy is. It starts to recycle those. And so your body will start to generate new ones. Um, and that's usually that's when you start to eat again. But in this process, your body starts to break those down. And this is a good thing. It's cleanup. It's recycling. Um, also, your body starts to produce BDNF, which is um, it's it's something in your brain. It's a protein that gets stimulated, which uh, helps your brain grow new neurons. So it's a, to me, I relate it to autophagy, autophagy in the body, but this is happening in your brain as well. Helps produce those new neurons, which help which helps with learning and memory. So another huge benefit. So again, in that same that same phase, that will happen as well. As well as, like you mentioned earlier, uh, human growth hormone will increase too. So all these great things. Dang, you guys. So now we're sitting here telling you you can get beautiful skin, beautiful hair, your eyes will get sharper, your brain will literally create new neurons, okay? If you felt like you took too many hits in the head back in the old days, right? Maybe had too many uh, whiskey shots. Well, you know what? It's time to regenerate some of those neurons, okay? And human growth hormone. Oh, I can make my muscles. And what do we? Pe- what do people come to us so often? Lean. I want some lean muscles. Which again, Coach Emily, I don't know how you feel about lean muscles. Yeah, yeah. Right? How does a muscle get lean? Is that, <laughs> is that a thing? Can you speak Not to really. the people? Can you speak to the uh. people on that? So usually people, when they, what they mean is they don't want to get bulky, but they want to, they want to have muscles, but they, they don't want as much fat. So I still use that because that's what people know. But yeah, I don't like that term either. Yeah. As coaches, guys, this is what happens. When you talk about being lean, and this is, again, which comes back down to language, what we're saying, because if you just say lean, one of the greatest things that I like saying, right, to give, give you guys a point in language, I got this bad back. I'm I'm sorry. What did you say? You have a you have a bad back. Did it did it cheat on your wife or husband? Did it steal your finances? That's a bad back. That's such a bad. Oh no, you have tension on the right side of your back. Why is this important? And when I twist, I feel a twinge. Now we're starting to recognize exactly where it's at, where it hurts, where the pain point is. So that we and your central nervous system can start being aware of it and start fixing it. When you just say your back is bad, you're not giving yourself any direction, nor are you giving your central nervous system any direction on what things hurt it, what things bother it, where you find tension so you can start fixing it. And this is the same point, and I know we're going a little off track, but hey, it's a proclivity podcast. We get to do what we want. But this is the same thing when we're talking about lean muscles. What's actually happening? We're decreasing our body fat and we're actually increasing our muscle mass, right. which makes our arms or hips or butt or legs seem more defined. Oh, 
So it's really about losing body fat and continuing to grow my muscles so that I have a more defined look to my arms specifically, legs specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Spot on. Freaking spot on. 62 hours into a fast, you guys. And <laughs> dude, I'm superhuman right now. I'm regenerating uh, cells. What are you doing? And I, and I was going to say, in, in me, I, I ate at... I ate dinner at five and then I actually got a little hungry and had a snack around seven, but I haven't eaten since then other than my element. And I feel much more sharp, you know, just doing this podcast compared to when I ha- eat right before, because I've done both. Yeah. You know? in, in that catabolic phase, right? Mm-hmm. The, be, I can't, but I can <laughs> and I will. Your mental clarity when you're fasting is massively different it's one of the number one things that people talk about by doing even just 14 hour fast they talk about the mental clarity i mean you feel sharp you have this sustained energy because you're getting into a, a metabolically flexible body that's able to tap into sustained energy instead of up and down spikes and so then you have that consistent flow into your brain your brain is solid and focused in I don't know how, by the end of this, you guys don't want to fast. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, with that said, Coach. Yep. How do people start off fasting? And I, I'm going to give you uh, an avatar. And I okay. want you to walk us through the way that you would move them through to the point of doing a 72-hour fast and regenerating okay. s- cells. So this person is um, 32 years old. They they eat when they can because their days are, are, are full of craziness. Most of the foods that they're eating, they start off if breakfast. If they have, they're going to grab a bar, maybe some granola and, and yogurt with, with a bunch of fruit or maybe just a banana and coffee out the door. Then they're going to stop by at lunch, right, and grab what's ever closest to the office. Then when they get home, usually they're opening up the cupboards first because they're so ravenous and they start eating anything out of the cupboards, not the fridge, while they're waiting for dinner to be made. Then they go to eat dinner. They don't end up eating too much of their dinner because they already had a bunch of the hyperpalatable foods. So if this is sounding like you guys, Emily's going to walk us through where you're at currently and how to be able to get to this fasted state where you're regenerating cells, increasing your human growth hormone, you're decreasing inflammation, you're reversing chronic disease. Emily, take it away. How do we get to that point? Right. So again, first and foremost, protein and fats from whole food sources, add those into your meals. Then second, pair that with minimize your snacking. If you feel like you're hungry in between meals, drink some water, drink some electrolytes, and again, bulk up those meals that you are eating with the fat and the protein and some veggies even. So that's first and foremost. Second, I would try a 12-hour fast to start with. So if you eat it, you're done eating by 7 p.m. at night, you don't eat again until 7 a.m. in the morning. That could be 6 to 6, 8 to 8, 10 to 10. Ideally, we are eating a little bit earlier in the evening, so then that you know I would recommend at least before 8 p.m. Next, I would, 
you know, do that for a couple days up to a week and then try a 14 hour or sorry, 13 or 14 hour fast, depending on how you're feeling. If you're feeling great, go to that 14 hour fast. If it's still a little tricky for you. Go to that 13 hour fast and maybe do that a couple days and then do your normal routine. A couple days, normal routine. Get your body used to that and then jump up to that 14 hour fast and then add a half hour or hour until you get to the 16, maybe even 18 hour mark and then experiment there again see how you feel and then go back to eating normally in between there if you want um, we want to make this a balanced approach and then you know after a couple weeks a couple months if you're feeling good go for the 24-hour fast make sure you're hydrated you have those electrolytes then eat regularly for a while if you want to read you know go for the 36-hour fast go for that one too and then like joel if you want to <laughs> get extra do the three-day fast. But again, make sure you're feeling good in those fasts leading up to it. If you're not, you need to do some work to get more metabolically flexible, whether that be through the tips I just recommended or working with the coach. Mm, there it is, guys. Step-by-step -step approach to be able to start with uh, intermittent fasting or multi-day fasting. The very first approach is making sure that you're metabolically flexible. If you're looking at that and or you don't know what metabolic flexibility is that is what we do remember we do one thing we do one thing very well we create metabolically flexible bodies and we help to empower your mindset so that you can break the old habits and sustain new lifelong habits having metabolic flexibility starts with the whole foods and being able to have the appropriate nutrients that you need to then start extending to intermittent fasting or fasting, but it starts with having that metabolically flexible body. This was informative, Coach. Good, yeah, for both of us both and hopefully for everyone listening. I totally agree, I totally agree. All right, well, we're gonna end this up Coach Emily, we're still having a delay when it comes to your connection. So I'm going to just close this sucker out. Um, you guys, if you guys have questions or you're ready to step in to your new body and your new life, reach out to us by visiting www.proclivity.co. You can follow us on Instagram at proclivity.co. You can join our private Facebook page at the Proclivity Method. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe because we will continue to put out amazing content when it comes to creating a more healthier body and happier life. Coach Emily, as always, is fantastic to have you on the show. You are a dream and I'm smitten over you and having the ability to have you as my business partner. We are only going to go up from here guys if you want to get in on this the time is now until next time you guys have a fantastic day fantastic week and remember it's okay to not eat see you next time